The Mina Kime Show featuring Lenny is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet you get with Caesar Rewards. Must be 21 or older. Welcome back to the Mina Kime Show featuring Lenny. Only at Phil Podcasts or one of the hosts thinks close games should be called human fights. Why are they dog fights? Why are dog fights got to be close? That's Lenny. <laughs> I mean, it comes. Uh, I introduced myself and did a jazz hands for some reason for the YouTube audience, podcast audience. Now you know. I am so pumped to be joined this week by not only a longtime friend of the show, real life friend, but also uh, now a colleague because he has a, a new podcast at Omaha Productions. This is football. This is Kevin Clark. Welcome to the show. What's going on, pal? Colleague. I'm excited. Colleague. We both have o- <laughs> Omaha Productions microphones. We, I feel so official. Um, thanks for coming to my podcast. I, there's some uh, discourse today about podcast invitations. You accepted mine. I appreciate that. I'll uh, always accept I'll s- yours. <laughs> I'll say this. So I, I, I appreciate that. I need you to come on This Is Football soon um, when we run out of quarterbacks. But... Um, <laughs> Ryan Rossillo gave me the best advice about going on other people's shows I've ever gotten in my life, which was we're walking around Radio Row and we're just, he's more, far more than I, we're just getting hounded by people just being like, hey, can you give 10 minutes for this show, this show, this show? I'm certainly not going to name which any of those the, shows. The vibe on Radio Row, yeah, generally. Yeah. Yeah. And he said to me, It's like a bizarre said, takes. He said, the only thing worse than what's happening right now is if it wasn't happening. <laughs> That's good. That's good. And he said, one day, yeah. he's like, one day we're going to be walking around and like wow. Love ESPN Albuquerque is not going to ask us for 10 minutes and we're going to be begging for what's happening now. I like that. That's a man who knows where his, his bread is buttered. I wonder if you're in Albuquerque, do you root for the Cardinals? Probably with the Cardinals, right? If listeners, if you're in uh, New Mexico, Cow- let me Cowboys. know who. Cowboys, yeah. Well, that 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 would that would make sense. Though the Cowboys have a pretty. The, the large other thing is, map. so the other thing is, you can't discount. And like, my dad used to tell me these stories, and I didn't really believe them, but it makes sense because I remember being at a Panthers game against Washington a couple of years ago, not not like a decade ago, and like if like the teams in like 1970. Because there weren't that many, they just had huge regional yes. fan bases, and so like, like Washington had the entire South, yes. and the Cowboys probably had the entire Southwest. Like the so it's it's that generation, then they pass it on to their kids, their grandkids. Right. Also, the Cowboys were good, much better than the, the Cardinals. That that's why like kids, a lot of people our age, you know, you grew up on the '90s Cowboys. Or yes, I've I've, I've talked about this. If you're from if you live overseas but you like the nfl you're probably a cowboys fan or of that age or a dolphins fan because marino was on like yeah. every single week the big thing i've always heard about london is it's a lot of niners fans and a lot of cowboy uh, uh dolphins fans because hmm. they would just like because the over at sky or whatever they'd be like hey what yeah. are we gonna put on well these freaking quarterbacks are just throwing darts all over the field let's just put them on a bunch at three in the morning That'll get, that'll, uh, get the, I, that'll get the fellas, the lads pumped. Uh, <laughs> I want to find like a random city where everyone is like somewhere in the world where people just root for the Titans. I don't know. And maybe it's because like a Tennessee Titan came, you know, in, in 1965. Someone do that story. Find me the city that is a weirdly uh, allegiant to a specific team. And I will, I would love that. Um, we are talking about the Titans today. 
by the way. Uh, so <laughs> we're not just talking about segue. weird geographic rooting interests for an hour. <laughs> that's my segue. No, we're, we're going to talk about uh, six games again. Some probably a little bit longer than others. Um, oh, yeah. And then and then you're going to, as I, I mentioned to you right before we logged on, you're going to help me pick my games. I actually didn't Great. look to see how I did last Thanks week. Thanks for the heads up on that, by the way. <laughs> that I'm gonna be, we're going to be doing a hammer and uh, hank pick segment. Good way <laughs> to get through all the games. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a few good games this week. I, it's, it's, you know, I, I, I am, I do think it's a good opportunity to talk about teams we might not talk about later in the year when they're not relevant. Um, but that's not the case with the first game that I want to get at. We're going to talk about two very relevant teams, teams I expect to be relevant for a while, the Chiefs and the Jags. The uh, 0-1 Kansas City Chiefs playing the 1-0 Jacksonville Jags. I want to start there because there's a bit of a news peg um, that will affect the game. Travis Kelsey's dating t- Taylor Swift. No, it's, um, <laughs> it's Chris Jones is back. I think uh, Travis Kelsey is back too. I, I tried to check that. It sounds, the language coming out of Kansas City, it sounds well, like he'll play. So, but the problem was, so the photographers and reporters were taking Twitter videos of him today and he looked fine, but they all were using it as a jumping off point to make Taylor Swift jokes. <laughs> and I was like, well, somebody please tell me if this guy's playing. Yeah. Well, I actually had this thought. I promise we're going to get to the game very shortly because it is an interesting and important game. Obviously, a playoff rematch. Um, usually when an athlete's dating like a famous person, people are like, oh, this could be a distraction and say yeah. like horribly sexist things when they don't play well and stuff. But like, I, I actually had that thought because I was trying to find Travis Kelsey's injury status just searching Google News. And it was yeah. so overwhelmed by Taylor Swift content. It's the ultimate smokescreen. <laughs> Well, let me actually... It's so hard to wade through the news right now. Let me actually take the other side of that. Is anyone going to be better at finding out whether or not he's going to play than Swifties? Oh, than Swifties, yeah. Like, we're just going to have to go on, like, the... I don't know. I assume there's some sort of Reddit for Taylor Swift or something where they all congregate. I don't know. But we need them (laughs) to... Like, we need to refresh that until they figure out. They're, like, staking out. Like, I remember, like, it's just, I I don't know. Like, I went to a national concert a couple weeks ago, and there were a bunch of Swifties there just in case Taylor showed up. (laughs) And then she didn't, and they just got, they got moody indie rock for two hours. (laughs) There's a uh, sort of a meme on X right now on Twitter where I think it's, it's some Swifty like aggregator or something saying, what do we know about this guy? And it's all football people quote tweeting with like yeah, yeah, reports yeah. on his blocking routes? and stuff. Um, are we going to get like, are, are we going to get <laughs> Swifties going to Chiefs games in the off chance that she's there? Well, what we might get is what happened to um, Victor or Wemby when Britney fans turned on him and his first game oh, right. was bad and Britney Twitter just oh. savaged him. If, Travis Kelsey crosses Taylor Swift or if somebody crosses Travis Kelsey, he is now the most at this moment. He is now the most protected man on earth. So, uh, okay, (laughs) no more, no more Swift stuff. Uh, Let's talk about Chris Jones first. Yeah, because he is going to play after agreeing to come back for fairly little concessions. Holding out in the NFL sucks. Not much to say about that. Other than that, Um, I think the question I want to talk to you about, and especially kind of as it pertains to this matchup is, um, how good the Chiefs defense looks because they played pretty damn well without him. I thought I, the defensive line was able to get pressure. Um, mm-hmm. 
against Detroit in the opener. Now, a lot of that was through blitzing, which they have they don't have to do as much, obviously, with Chris Jones back in the mix. But when I had a chance to rewatch the game, you know, I was pretty impressed by um, like Mike Dana, who they move mm-hmm. inside on pass rushdowns. Um, I wrote Adedike Uzama. I'm trying to get that to roll off my tongue. The first round draft pick I thought looked pretty, mm-hmm. um, pretty fast. And now I think, you know, you throw Chris Jones back into the mix. Uh, the Jacks offensive line, Trevor gets the ball out so quickly. It negates a lot of the pressure that they face. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a little bit of a mismatch that favors Kansas City with Chris Jones, uh, you know, actually playing. Yes, I agree. Um, and we saw... McDuffie as well, who's playing really well on Thursday. Um, I'm of the opinion that especially good teams, like especially good teams like the Chiefs, they don't really need to overdo it in September. You get to sort of learn the chemistry of it. And I actually don't, I know this is a crazy thing to say, but I I don't hate the idea of them playing a game without Chris Jones in week one of the season just just to see what that looks like. Um, I'm glad the second best player on the team is is back. That's a good thing. Um, But I I didn't hate it. You know, I think that in the fourth quarter, they needed him. I think our friend Dominic Foxworth tweeted, you know, congrats, Chris Jones, after the loss, because they did get whipped a little bit as the game went on. Um, But this is a game that the the Chiefs should win. Um, They should have won last week. Um, Kadarius Toney is wide receiver Zach Wilson, where I just, for some reason, things just, they're running it back. And I just, think there's a lot of guys on the street who could be significantly better um but i i think i think if there's a kelsey and a jones on the field last week you just see a little bit different but i i think this this chief's defense can can be the super bowl defense they need him to be and especially with chris jones i mean if he was actually gone to week eight i'd have my bigger concerns yeah. but like he needed the contract to toll. Like I, I was, ne- he was in the building. Like he was making a statement that he was a chief in week one of the season. I'd have been right. much more concerned if he wasn't doing that. And he was maybe going to be checked out. He's not, he's got $25 million now on a one year deal. Um, who know, who knows what the hell happens after this season, but I'm, I'm optimistic in the entire unit. You mentioned Tony. So let's just, just get into that. And again, I'm assuming, I mean, I'm kind of I'm assuming Kelsey plays. He might be a little yeah. bit limited, but honestly, even sixty percent Travis Kelsey is better than what we saw out of this Kansas City receiving group, especially because of just kind of um his presence on the field and the gravity that it creates. I think the thing about Tony that fascinates me, other than, you know, I look, he had one of the same in the league? Worst, worst. Is that the thing that fascinates that they kept going to him mm-hmm. and it's it was very obvious that they view him as the number i i think the number one wide receiver in this offense like i there was a i mean and, and mahomes still trusts him which is yes. says something and may, maybe this is sort of a, a a lose the battle win the war thing where if they think they can develop him and get him on the same page that it will pay dividends in December and January and February they had eight drops last year uh, last week um they had by the way Mahomes's rating in a clean pocket was actually quite low um it was in the 60s somewhere so he he was also missing a little bit but i don't think that that's 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 not. A I think he did not trust anything that yes. was happening on, like the, the, the spacing agree. of the wide receivers. All of it was just. I completely agree, and it was funny. I was watching the press conferences today, and Kadarius Tony said, uh, "The drops are on me. There's no excuse." It's like, yeah, we know. We're good. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you for your accountability, but you actually somewhere don't Sky Moore's to. in the corner, like just like, thank <laughs> God nobody's asking me any questions. 
Um, but it'll be interesting because I don't know. Uh, I, I, I watched the Jaguars defense obviously quite a bit and they were covering the Colts receivers pretty well. Um, they were playing, they were taking away the deep ball though, against Anthony Richardson. Who knows what that, yeah, what that was supposed to look like. Um, I've seen some, some Tyson Campbell buzz. Um, so it'll be an interesting matchup at least to see what this, what, what I, I'm of the opinion, kind of going back to what I said earlier, like, remember, well, like when the Seahawks and the Patriots at the beginning of the last decade would just take September off and like the Seahawks would lose yeah. to a Rams team that was headed to seven and nine, they'd lose the chargers. And it was just like, yeah, whatever. Like we know how to play our best uh, football in December. I'm of the opinion that like these teams are allowed to experiment a little bit, especially on offense. And if they have a couple of weird games, like I just think we're, we've gotten to a point where, Everybody's like, well, why won't we criticize Mahomes? Because we've already done this like four times where they, he's had like a rough September game and then he goes out and wins MVP. They win the Super Bowl, all that stuff. So I'm not um, – even even if they, they have a weird game on Sunday, I'm not going to make any d- declarations. Yeah. I mean, Patrick missing like a couple of open receivers was like maybe – 19th on the list of things that went wrong for Kansas City in the game. Um, what really struck me, and I don't, I didn't really get into this the first time, was how bad they looked running the ball on mm-hmm. Detroit, which is something I thought they would be able to do with ease. And some of it, they went away from it a little bit. Um, but, you know, last year, the Chiefs' offense was exceptional running the football in part because – they face so many light boxes, but against Detroit, Isaiah Pacheco only averaged 3.6 yards per carry running into light boxes. Um, it, it, the whole, like the whole rushing attack. And I'm sure Travis Kelsey's absence, actually, you know, we, we, we don't, he, he is a good blocker. Like he matters yes. a lot as well as I, and I, and I said this coming into the game and I wish I put more stock in it, losing Jody Fortson, who's probably their other best blocker as a mm-hmm. tight end um, affected how bad they looked running the ball. But now you're facing a, a Jags team that Kevin, like, and this is maybe what it, I was most surprised by really limited Indianapolis on the ground. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like we talk about Chris Jones winning. Jonathan Taylor was quietly a big winner of that first week for Indy. So I'll be curious to see if the, if Joan, if reinserting Kelsey into this lineup improves the chiefs rushing attack, because that was so important to what they did last year and obviously was incredibly important in the Super Bowl. Are you putting any stock into the Juwan Taylor tipping allegations? <laughs> um, I have read reports that have made me not want to take a strong stance on it. I am always very afraid to look, there's okay, let, let, let me be, let me blunt. Oh well, offensive line internet is the meanest internet. <laughs> And I don't want to, I don't want smoke. I don't want to take a take. I don't want, I don't do takes. You will never see me tweeting about a guy holding because there is no, no, no humans on earth love to tell you someone no. isn't holding more than offensive linemen. On well, no, 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 no. You go the other way and you just suck up to them by just tweeting the phrase bully ball every couple of weeks. And you or you say cool that's on the quarterback. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There's a, that's there's the a chart floating around. Um, Ian Harditz, I think, put it out there. I don't know if you saw it about uh, time to pressure versus how many sacks they took. That's basically just a big old chart, a four quadrant chart of like, this is on the quarterback. And it seems like maybe (laughs) Daniel Jones, it's not on him. Um, But boy, there are some guys there that are squarely in the crosshairs of offensive line Twitter. 
Um, <laughs> Ryan Tannehill among them, by the way. I uh, I do want to Sam Howell. Say- by the way, Sam Howell is by far the worst Dude. at that. He takes he, the longest time to throw, and he gets sacked. I, gets and sacked it, the offensive line was holding up on Sunday. And Ruiz and I have been t- t- texting you about this for you six weeks. About the sacks, yeah. He's going to take a lot of sacks. He sat back there for four and a half seconds in training camp. He was pump faking at the goal line. Um, well, on that note, I do want to say one more thing about the Jags, yeah. which is, they, they speaking of quarterbacks holding on the football and getting sacked, they did get to Richardson a lot. And I this was something I was kind of interested in because last season um, they had a very high pressure rate, very high pass rush, rush win mm-hmm. rate, but low sack rate, which felt like something you know was going to break at some point. I thought Josh Allen was incredible in this mm-hmm. game. Uh, Trevon Agreed. Walker made some big plays as well. So, you know, that's another thing I think with Kansas City. I, I never re- really worried too much about Mahomes because he's just so good at evading sacks. But I do think this Jags pass rush is for real. You got to take them seriously. So I'm, I'm, I got the Chiefs in this one, but I mean, we haven't even talked about how sick tra- Calvin Ridley looked. Um, I do think like even, you know, I, I know at the top we talked about Chris Jones being back and how the defense looked good and the defensive line mm-hmm. should look good and there being a mismatch there. That said, I really do think Trevor Lawrence getting the ball out quickly, the weapons mm-hmm. they have. Um, you know, I, I think Jacksonville will be able to move the ball on them. I completely agree. And I, I'm, I'm as impressed as you with the, with the Jacksonville front seven. I think that like, they're, they're a team that's built. Like I, I know we all laugh at Trent Balke and he didn't do all of this. He's only been there. He's only been the GM for a couple of years. And obviously he was, he was under urban and all that stuff. But like one thing he's going to get right is big athletic bodies up front. And that's what you're seeing. Yeah. Walker. I, I was encouraged. Um, okay. Ravens Bengals is really fascinating to me. Um, especially for Cincinnati coming off of like just a brutal, brutal loss that like, I think because of the timing kind of flew, I don't want to say it flew under the radar and the weather and whatnot, but there were so many brutal, like weird losses this weekend and, you know, upsets and whatnot. And, um, you know, I think going from Sunday night football to Monday night football, everything kind of got washed away, but like that was, that was very bad for Cincinnati. Uh, and they're facing a Ravens team that, that beat down on, you know, a rookie-led Houston squad, but speaking of beat down, appears to be missing about 50% of their roster. Yep. So we are taping this on. Let's start there because I think you got to start there. It's Wednesday. Um, I think Mark Andrews is going to play, and that's about it. It's going to be Lamar Jackson and and Mark Andrews and Zay Flowers. No, um, so injuries from the Houston game. Uh, Marcus Williams, who is their starting safety, is very good, and I and I think is definitely not playing. Uh, the two offensive linemen are question marks, but they did not practice. Ronnie Stanley, mm-hmm. Tyler, who's the left tackle, Tyler Linderbaum, and then they lost J.K. Dobbins for the season. I mean, are they, like is this Ravens team? I pointed out the injuries on, and um, people point, uh, responded by noting that how bad their injury staff was reviewed in that player report. I totally forgot about that. Well, they're not beating the allegations. <laughs> we, we should we should look fault. deeper into it than, than just the Cardinals made people pay for dinner. Um, yeah. Although you can't overstate how much that would suck to be an NFL player and just like, oh, we have to 
pay for yeah. this to go you, away. Especially if it's like, you know, like $7 is like kind of insulting. Let me rephrase this. Well, wait, let's stop right there. Let's uh, dive definitely into this. Better. Would you it's rather it be better. like 30 bucks? Okay. No, but uh, it's just so cheap. Um, let me ask you a question, though. Of all the yeah. injuries I just named, which one in this game concerns you the most? Uh, I would guess Ronnie Stanley or yeah. Tyler Linderbaum. Only because, so here's the stat, ready? Uh, 15 of 15, Lamar Jackson. 10 yards per attempt when kept clean Sunday. When pressured, 2 of 7 for 14 yards, 1 interception, 3 sacks. That ain't good. And it was interesting. I saw a quote. I don't know if you saw it either. Um, Jonathan Grenard, the uh, Texans defensive end, said that he thought that because Lamar just got paid, he wanted to sit in the pocket more. I think it's just the opposite, frankly. Yeah. Um, it yeah. was a very strange thing. But basically, they, they, were, they were saying that that's why they got to him, whatever. Let's put that aside for a second. I thought that was bizarre. But um, the Texans played okay on Sunday. And like Will Anderson had that sack where he was getting held, which is called an and one in defensive line twitter um but I, I i was actually a little bit disappointed with how sloppy um the ravens were they were not nearly as sloppy yeah. as the cincinnati Bengals, who i can delve into here in a second um but that's that's my biggest concern is the line yeah. um only because of those stats what we saw and um i will say this in doing my my research here uh ravens are underdogs uh lamar jackson is the second best outright record Via Jameson Hensley, as he is the second best out our record as an underdog in the Super Bowl era. Okay, who is number one? Wait, the best as an underdog? Mm-hmm. Just straight up record. Eight Mahomes, and four. Lamar Jackson, eight and four. Wow, I'm trying to think of guys who have because Mahomes probably hasn't been an underdog in like. A real, okay, who is it? Tell me. Jimmy Garoppolo. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy Can't wins. That's what he uh, does. I thought you were going to say that Lamar, I forget what his record is against Burrow. I think it's pretty good. There's a real opportunity, by the way, you know, like Burrowhead for them to, this is in Cincinnati, right? I think it is. For them to I um, think so, yeah. call it Zaycor Stadium if Zay Flowers goes. So, to like so, so I was uh, watching some cutups of Zay Flowers. Well, he's got a real chance to great. be like the prince, the young prince of screen grabs of like, Dude. this was a first down. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah, like yeah, the yeah, amount yeah, of times yeah. where like, there were what? four Texans around him and then he, and he would only be, he would only go like an extra three yards, but it was astounding. He's almost like the Lamar Jackson of receivers where we'll just have guys around him and he will then make the play, just extend it in a way that just seems completely unnatural to the game of football. I'm so glad you pointed that out because watching this offense, and I'll get to some of the issues they had, I think. Um, he's so clearly the dude, which we didn't really know. Yeah. Bateman and OBJ, whatever. No, the off he is the focal point of this offense. It'll be interesting with Mark Andrews back in the mix. And, you know, coming into the the coming out of the draft, he was seen maybe not not by, you know, ball knowers, I guess, but but he's a speedster, right? It's like, oh, okay, he's a he's a guy who can stretch the field and um, you know, but is he another Hollywood Brown? Is he gonna like just you know just be that speedster? Mm -hmm. Is he reliable? And what you saw from the jump, which you just highlighted, is he is a creator. Like he's yeah. small, but he is strong, dude. He he is evasive and fast and all of those things. But they and they will use him on screens and sweeps and and manufacture touches for him. Like he, to me, 
was a real bright spot week one. And although a lot of the rookie wide receivers looked really good, but oh my God, watching him, I felt exactly the same way. I was like, this dude is going to be a guy in the NFL. They hit it out of the park with him. I, uh, so Debo Samuel is on my show when this drops and he said that the Niners are taught to run to space. That's it. And it's like, oh, of course, but it's like easier said than done. Creating space. Like space is the lifeblood of like any sport with a field, whether it's soccer, whether it's NFL football, like whatever. And the ability to create something out of nothing with space is just like the rarest thing outside of a perfectly thrown pass. And so I just, when I see that, and I'm just a guy who can use deceleration against the defender yeah. like that to me is the most exciting thing you can possibly say uh the th- the one thing i will say about the ravens offense because yeah, sloppy you said is is how i would describe it as well it looked like in the first half they were still figuring stuff out and i thought as the game went on it's like okay now you're starting to see you know all we spent all summer talking about this new look spread them out 11 personnel ravens offense and you kind of i think it, it took them a second to gel um and as the game went on, I thought it looked better. But the one thing that I thought was still a little bit of an issue, and I'll be curious to see this week, is uh, it felt the the run game didn't feel integrated with the pass game the way that I hoped it would. Um, so last year, when the, the Ravens were not in 11 personnel very much, but when they mm-hmm. were in 11 personnel, they passed at the highest rate in the NFL. I thought that would come way down as they bumped up the three wide receiver stuff, and it didn't. Uh, this week, when they were when they had three wide receivers on the field, they passed eighty five percent of the time. When they did run, mm-hmm. they broke off some big runs. But I, I that Todd Munkin was so good at integrating the run and the well, pass in college. Yeah. I think that's what I would. That's kind of the next step I want to see with his offense, other than better um, route running and, and just this, the spacing of it all as well. So the Ravens have in recent year, or really the last two times these teams played in particular given Cincinnati a very difficult time on offense, most lately in the playoffs. They were both born in 1997, but Lamar is older. <laughs> um, the Bengals are coming off of like a really, really oh, embarrassing God. offensive game against Cleveland. Now, I talked about this with Dominique because I talked about the, the Browns defense. The things that Cleveland did on defense, a lot of them are not things that the Ravens can do. Like they, if the Ravens, with all of the aforementioned injuries – try to play that much man coverage and blitz and stuff. Right. It's not going to work out for them. However, Kevin, they've been Mike McDonald. He's on him. Watch. He is on him. Watch. And uh, Stephen Ruiz was on <laughs> my show uh, months ago. And he said that Mike McDonald and Joe Burrow going against each other is going to be, and this was a complete this heat check. So nerdy. Steven. He just said, he said, he said that <laughs> McDonald versus Burrow was this generation's Brady Manning. <laughs> Such an idiot. <laughs> okay, but but all right, all right. McDonald's but, uh, hand is tied behind yes. his back here. So no no Marcus Williams. Yes. I no Mar- no Marlon Humphrey. I don't know who's playing corner. Uh pass rush did look good, but it was against the battered Houston offensive line. Not that yeah. well, the Bengals offensive line did look great week one. So a couple things. Number one, I was I was watching some of the press conferences here. Brian Callahan, the uh, Bengals OC described what miles garrett was doing as a euro step and like basketball moves because he was literally mm. pretending when to he dribble was lined the ball up over the center legs. yeah yes. yeah <laughs> and so uh messed up and and they said he the the, the coaches and the players basically were like garrett was feeling himself he's allowed to do that he's he's really good um i don't think i'm concerned long term about 
the Bengals offense. Um, I've told this story a million times. I will tell one more time. Um, that basically Burrow has told me before that that it takes him a while for his vision to catch up with with the sharpness he needs to hmm. be able to run the offense in the way that that he does. I mean, he he basically told me once when he comes when he came back to practice after the ACL. He saw 21 people in front of him, same as you or I, right? Um, we don't have the vision to say like, okay, this this linebacker is dropping, whatever. Like he, it takes him a while for that. Um, and that was in training camp when he was throwing a bunch of interceptions two years ago. But I, I do think you can glean something from that. I don't think that he's going to go 0 for 8 on targets with T. Higgins going forward. I think that, that was, was a so one-time weird. thing. Um, so I don't weird. think he's going to get Irv Smith open and just miss him because of the rain. Um, that was a one-time thing. Um, yeah. The third down stats, and I was reading Paul Diener, the third st down stats are really grim. They're typically one of the best third down teams in football. They're normally amazing at that. Um, and so I just, I, I, I know this sounds, and I think Zach Taylor didn't think there was going to be that kind of rain, that kind of game plan was not really installed. So I'm just not that concerned. I mean, there's a couple of things. When I was in Cincinnati a couple of weeks ago, and you and I have texted about this, but I was... Hayden Hurst was brought up a lot as a guy who was really able to save them in some of those uh, check down situations and some of those, okay, they're taking away the deep ball. All They're going to sell out to stop those three receivers. Let's let uh, Tyler Boyd do the dirty work and let's have Hayden Hurst get open. That was happening over and over and over again. What was against Buffalo? Uh, I think New Orleans was in the mix there. Like that was happening over and over with, with those two guys in particular. Um, take Hayden Hurst out of the equation. It's going to take uh, someone like Irv Smith a, a little bit of time in that role, maybe. Um, you saw that a little bit. So they didn't play. Listen, nobody played in the preseason. I mean, like, I, I think I saw a quote from one of the Bengals this week that was basically like, we didn't play in the preseason. And then we just, you know, like, it's raining and we're playing this fast ass defense. And it's like, man, this sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I think all that is totally fair. And I, like I said, I don't think the Ravens have the personnel to, you know, single up those receivers. I expect defensively the Ravens to kind of do something not too dissimilar from what we've seen from them the last couple of times, way more cover two quarters. Um, the thing that they have that's sort of unique when they do that, and you talked about how Burrow, like against those looks, you know, he throws to the middle of the field, Tyler Boyd or Smith mm -hmm. Jr. would be your targets there, um, is the Ravens have an elite linebacker duo. So it mm -hmm. kind of... And that allows them also to do all that bluffing up front, play games. Roquan Smith could be in the line of scrimmage one second, then he could be like covering a guy up the seam. He is, by the way, oh my God. That was watching the Houston uh, tape. He, it was amazing. He is amazing. I, he's like one of my favorite football players to watch right now. So I think that they, they have an interesting marriage of a very good defensive play caller, a very good linebacker. Usually the spine of their defense is very strong. But man, down those corners and those safeties, that makes it hard. If, if just to kind of sum it up, if Williams wasn't hurt, if Williams and Humphrey were playing this one, I think I would probably pick the Ravens. Not having mm -hmm. both of those players is so rough. Pass rush looked a lot better. Away looked good. Jabo looked good. But this, I don't know. I they're just so outmanned injury wise. Maybe I'm wrong. I, th this is one that I don't have a good feel for. I am very proud of Zaycor Stadium, though, so I have a lot invested now in, in the Ravens winning. I'm going <laughs> to unveil my take again that Paycor wasted their money because they should have just directly sponsored Joe Burrow's contract. It's a good take. It's a good take. But then when it's Zaycor, what do you, I mean... Well, they couldn't be able to, to do it if it was Joe Burrow's contract. It wouldn't make sense. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. That'd be that's weird. Mm. All right. 
Are you wait? Are you taking the Bengals or the Ravens? I thought we were doing your your weird pick segment that you sprung on me thirty seconds before we started taking at the end. <laughs> okay, no, we'll but save I'm, it. We'll I'm, save t- it I'm the taking end. the Bengals. I'm taking the Bengals. Okay, you can I'm use obs- the same I'm obsessed with, with I'm, I mean, I picked the Bengals to win the Super Bowl. They better win at some point. At some That's point, tough. but I, I also picked the, okay. the Cowboys to win uh, to make the Super Bowl. So uh, I'm feeling okay about don't- that. Don't love the way Joe Burrow is talking about his injury this week, but that's... You know what else I don't like about Joe Burrow? Uh, weird haircut today. <laughs> it's not great. Like a yeah. dramatically weird haircut in a way that makes me think he took the loss hard. <laughs> NFL thirst TikTok. I would say they're in shambles, but this Kelsey Swift thing has given them nourishment for a century. <laughs> They'll be fine. <laughs> All right. Speaking of uh, nourishment, let's come back and talk about Dolphins Patriots, which is a game I'm actually I'm really excited about. Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns reward credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using code OmahaFull and then place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great, keep those winnings. But if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and older only, offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. New users and first $10 plus wagers only. Must register with an eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to the account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling referral services can be accessed by calling one 800 Gambler, it's 1-800-426-2537, or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. As you guys know, NFL teams can make mistakes when it comes to spending money. For example, cover years, Broncos fans. Russell Wilson has a $53 million cap hit this year. <laughs> but uh, unlike the uh, Walton family, I'm guessing people listening to this podcast don't have millions to spend. Maybe some of you do. I don't know. Get at me. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and they decided to do something better. They found their own way to make a beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. They have customizable delivery options for scheduled refills as low as $2, which is half of what you pay for big brands. Convenient subscription options that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best does not mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash M-I-N-A. That's harrys.com slash Mina for a $3 trial set. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. 
We're back. Speaking of him, actually, it could be Mike McDaniel, could be Tua, could be Tyree Kill. There's just too many hymns on the Dolphins right now. The, the Dolphins. Uh, Miami, New England. That's uh, not good. Don't, don't, what is don't. good? Is it good? The Miami Dolphins no, it's good. hymns? It's good. Okay. Um, so, Dolphins, Pats, Dolphins, offense, Patriots, defense is mm-hmm. I probably the marquee. Although I said that about Dolphins, offense, Chargers, defense, and they mm-hmm. absolutely demolished them. We're going to get to the Chargers because we're going to talk about that game. I have uh, I have a lot of Chargers notes. I, I know you do. You always do. Um, I This is hard to talk about because... The obvious question is, what do you do to stop the Miami offense? And if you mm-hmm. or I had good answers for that, we would not be taping the Mina Kime show featuring Lenny. We would be on an NFL staff. It's probably the single most difficult thing in the NFL right now. Um, luckily, Steve Belichick is on the job. No, the, 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 the Patriots defense. I mean, they the, the looked awesome week one, by the way. I, I thought the Pats defense did against... Um, Philadelphia, and I thought uh, from a game planning perspective, they had a lot of really good answers for all the stuff that Philadelphia presents on offense, mm-hmm. which is very challenging with the RPOs and all of that. Miami, totally different challenge. Yeah. Um, I'll start here. Uh, versus, so the Chargers played a ton of man, I think the most man coverage in the NFL. Oh my God. Oh my God. Uh, against Miami. And two uh, You're, you're not going to believe this. That's in my Chargers notes. <laughs> Two of three for 334 yards against man coverage, which, according to ESPN Analytics, is the fourth most by any quarterback of the last five years. Um, so I think that's kind of an interesting... That's where things get kind of get interesting for New England, mm-hmm. a team that does play a fair amount of man coverage. They played a decent amount against the Eagles. Um, uh, the great Taylor Kyle, Kyles, friend of both mm-hmm. of us, who has come on our show... Uh, was asking the corners, the Patriots corners today, all these great questions about like, how do you stop the short motion? Do you play press man? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I saw um, Jonathan Jones was like, you got to get your hands on Tyreek Hill. Problem is Mike McDaniel is very good at finding ways yeah, to keep luck, you buddy. from getting your hands oh, on Tyreek Oh, why didn't I Hill? think about it? A bunch of Chargers <laughs> DBs are like, why didn't I think about that? Damn. Um, I let's tried. just start here though. Like, yeah. like I, I, do you think oh, yeah. they have a, like defensively, this is a really good defense. Like, I, I'm so, not asking you to game plan here, but like, do you? No, are you optimistic? Plan. Speaking of like obvious things, here's a stat: the Cook. Eagles' offensive line allowed 15 pressures to the Patriots, which was more than the Eagles allowed at all last year. So it would have been the most they allowed last year in a season where they the offensive line played really well. We know what the Eagles are, so the Patriots can can get pressure on you. That's probably the easiest way. And I always like I make fun of it whenever, like. You know, it's, we're always in a copycat league, and like there's there'll be a four man rush against Tom Brady with the Giants in the Super Bowl, and people will be like, "Well, you got to build a four man rush out." I promise you, people are trying. We're trying. Like <laughs> I promise you, the GMs yeah, and the coaches have looked into for, to do generating. A, and I'll, I'll do you one better. They're looking into generating a pass rush with three men as well. So they're they're on the case. Um, but pressure the quarterback. Um, it's really hard. Thirty seven percent of the Dolphins' first downs went for a first down on Sunday, which is a remarkably high number. Uh, he basically, if you look at the clip, someone did a really good cut up on Twitter. He Tyreek basically had a different motion on every single play. Um, 
there was a, a a good piece by this guy Ryan Smith, who I don't know yet. I but I don't know who he is, but he's very good. He wrote his very good Dolphins piece. Uh, he basically said that there were let me get this right seven different defenders against Tyreek Hill that he caught passes against on six different route concepts. Okay. Oh, he works for um, PFF. He does. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And he, yeah. Do you know Ryan Smith? With an, he hooked me up with an ultimate trial last year. Shout what? out to you, Ryan Smith. <laughs> so I was Ryan, like, buddy. Yeah. Uh, but there's a chart in there that I thought was really interesting. He was good on everything. He was good on play action. He was good on regular dropbacks. Yeah. Uh, 8.6 yards per attempt under pressure, which is would be remarkable when not under pressure, um, or at least impressive. And so... I don't know what you do. Dolphins generated 17 explosive plays. There's some consternation about whether or not that's the most since 2012 or 2011. The Dolphins say their explosive play rate is the most since New Orleans did it and Detroit in the same day in 2012. Either way, it's been a long ass time since somebody had that many explosive plays. Is that just because Brandon Staley is incompetent? Probably not. But what I do know is that, and this is via Ian Harditz, the, the Tua in the last two years number two in deep passing, number two in yards per attempt on deep passes, and number one in adjusted completion percentage down the field. He can throw the deep ball reliably. And I understand that's a combination of the receivers around him, the coaching certainly. Mike McDaniel is a top three play caller in this league. Um, but I don't know how you can look at this and say anything other than they're an absolute nightmare to defend. And I bet Bill Belichick feels the same way. I think – the point you made about pressure is where you have to start. That I think was probably what I was. I mean, I've I've talked to like there's a lot of things I was impressed and awed by watching this Dolphins offense week one. Some of the little tweaks they made, the way they got guys open and and um, played on you know it, it changed up their tendencies. Two was yeah. creation outside the pocket. His throwing on the move, all that was really, really cool. But the, the the thing that probably surprised me the most was how little pressure he was under, especially with Teron Armstead out of the game. So I think if you're a Pats fan, you have to hope that your front, which, as you just pointed out, was excellent against a very good Eagles offensive line, repeats that to some degree. You're going to get beat a, a fair amount. I mean, you're there's, there's going to be a lot of plays where the ball comes out so quick you're not going to have – Mm-hmm. much time but if two's got the ball for more than two and a half seconds i think that that's where this starts for new england judon uche barmore mm-hmm. all of whom uh got pressure played well last week you know did, did they have to have the game of their lives behind them um you know i think i i, I charge tried to do this but you you do have to change up the picture for him post snap mm-hmm. for Tua and um I, again, I'm not saying it'll work. I'm just saying it's something that New England is good at. I have a feeling Big Bill's in the lab. I mean, the, the thing about the Pats, too, their back seven is they have so many different types of players and bodies to yes. throw who can do different things. So, um, you know, like there, you could easily imagine a scenario where um, what two SCs before the snap and after look very different. I'm not saying it's going to work, but uh, yeah, I, I, I think they're, I think the Chargers look like, like the Patriots defense is much better than the Chargers defense. I think the Chargers defense just is a lot less talented, frankly, than mm-hmm. not, not just the Patriots, but maybe than what I thought uh, we'll get. To hey, that. would you be embarrassed if you didn't generate any pressure on Tua and you let him carve you up to a historic amount of numbers 
but also had the most expensive linebacker group in the NFL and the third most expensive defensive back group. I'm just asking hypothetically for a friend. Would you be embarrassed by that? It's a tough scene. I mean, J.C. Jackson arguably lost in the game. <laughs> I... Uh, I actually, in a different word, different name pops into my head when I think who lost in the game, but we'll get there. It's a lot. It's a few guys. It wasn't the offense, though, which is interesting, which we can talk. We'll talk about. Um, yeah. Anyways, I'm excited to see what New England does. Uh, I am not going to pretend like I have a good answer for that. On the other side of the ball, uh, this is interesting to me because uh, the Miami defense, which I have been touting all year, mm-hmm. all offseason, uh, could not stop the run for in this game uh we'll get to the charger side of that but it was uh a just absolute butt kicking in the trenches i I do like that vic fangio is living the gimmick so much on bend but don't break that he just has them kick their ass on the last possession of the game he's just like my thing is bend don't break i'm just gonna bend over and over and over again i'm not gonna break and i'm just gonna send the house and smoke them on the last possession of the game Miami's allowed the Chargers on the ground to put a 0.31 EPA per play. That wasn't just the best in the NFL. That was more than twice as good as the next best rushing performance, which was unsurprisingly San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Um, New England did not run the ball particularly well last week. Uh, I do think some of that has to do with the injuries that they had on their offensive line. We'll mm-hmm. see if Stranger and Wenu are back this week. It's something to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. But I gotta think Billy OB was watching this game, watching how the Chargers were just getting north-south with the utmost of ease on Miami and thinking, yeah, I'm gonna... I'm going to Ramondre Stevenson is going to have a day a day against this defense because uh, that is something that New England does want to do. And I think um, I think they can they can look better running the ball, especially combined with their RPO game than they did last week. And I think this that I mean, that's the matchup I would attack if I was them. I agree. I just don't think that's going to be enough points to beat the Dolphins. And I also think that Mac Jones is just okay. He's just okay, but that's that's upgrade over last year. How do you feel watching the staff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you feel watching the Patriots' offense week one against Philadelphia? Uh, There were a couple of ugly throws. Like there was one where he hit Darius Slay in stride, and Slay just dropped it. Um, But much improved and like competent plays. Like I think that forget who said it last week, but someone was like Matt Patricia's idea of an offensive plan was just a 50 50 balls um with mac jones this is not joe burrow like and so uh i i think there's i think bill o'brien's a really good football coach whose career has been conflated with his managerial expertise or lack thereof and so i i'm actually hugely optimistic that things are going to work generally in the right direction in in new england listen that was a they got philly in a in a, as Lenny would call it, a human fight last week. Like that did not have to go that way. <laughs> they should have won. Uh, yeah, I thought. I think as a Patriots fan, if as a Patriots fan, well, if you are a Patriots fan, um, there's a lot to feel good about from what you saw out of the offense, just in terms of um, general competence. But also, I thought like Mac Jones looked more comfortable under pressure. He had actually answers yeah. against the blitz. I thought some of their skill players 
looked good. Hunter Henry was like a beast. Kendrick Bourne till the end, they had some key drops, but um, you know, and and they were. I thought O'Brien versus the Eagles defense really had their number by the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Game in terms of um some of the concepts he was drawing up. So we'll see. Uh, I agree. You know, uh, it's very hard to pick against this Miami buzzsaw right now, and I'm not going to. But I do think I am. I am personally excited to see what they do on defense. Uh, okay, let's do Packers Falcons, and then the last two games will go a little quicker. You are you are just absolutely depriving me of my of my Chargers notes. I'm just I'm just I'm ready to burst through like the Kool Aid guy. Go all right, but I, I do I have a lot to say on, on this game one too. Uh, okay, so Jordan Love Week One. This was uh, a fun watch for me. Um, did you see a quote today? I think it was from Matt Lafleur. Was asked. This is such a great question. Yes. That's a troll question. Uh, did Jordan change anything? You said, nope, not a thing. He ran every play as I called it. Incredible quote. Incredible so quote. I've done a lot of legwork on that particular thing. And basically, I'm, I'm not the first person to say it, but there were two playbooks um, because Matt LaFleur had his, his, his stuff and Aaron Rodgers loved the old school Mike McCarthy West Coast offense. Um, and there were certain concepts like the strike grift, drift kind of a uh, blind throw. There is a grift involved there, but that's, that's, it's, it's this play is called drift um, where it's a blind throw and play action, and all that stuff. Rogers got more comfortable with it, but it really was a mixture of those two offenses because Rogers loves spreading out defenses, letting the um, his cadence, let the defense declare what they were doing and then go from there. Whereas, LeFleur wanted to do motion and all that stuff. And I don't yeah. think it's funny because LeFleur pushed back all off season on the idea that this was going to be his offense now. And the reason is, I think it's because his offense, and I know this is a cliche, but it's real. It's so multiple. He was doing so many different <laughs> things. And I think it was Ben Fennell put it on, uh, put it out there this week that, that, that I don't think anybody put more on tape this week than LaFleur in the first week. We're talking about inside zone, power, all the runs to it. Counter duo. I'm reading it yeah. right now. Triple triple option. Um, they were doing some goofy the, stuff. The gun, the pistol. That play action, like toss back thing that they did to Aaron to, Jones, to Jones. Yeah. was phenomenal. <laughs> was, and and by the way, yeah. everybody everybody had all these dumbass theories. I'm so, I, I actually, if I could do anything, if I could have a dream job, it would be to just not consume any football talk from the draft until like a day before the season. And then I'd find out what happened, right? Because everybody comes up with these ideas and the whole narrative was that they were just going to have Jordan love, just make, just win with easy throws. Well, guess what? He was only one of, uh, I believe five guys who had an average depth of target over 10 on Sunday. Carr, Tua, Watson, Stafford, Love. Okay. He was going downfield. And part of that was that the Bears had no idea what was going on. So you could take those sort of risks. But that's that's what we're doing. Jordan Love. Yeah. Jordan, Jordan Love can can throw it. Did you see uh Matt Scheidman's thing with uh what David Bacciari said about Leak? No. What did he so, say? So uh David Bacciari was quote begging the coaches to run Leak because Luke Musgrave was open by twenty yards every time they ran it in practice. Well, maybe thirty versus the Bears. That's Peter Bukowski editorialized there. Um yeah, I I think I the, the the Packers new look offense, right? About what we expected. Um more under center. When they were under center, I just looked 
on 19 of the plays, 15 had pre-snap motion, mm-hmm. which previous quarterback poorly did not like. A uh, fair amount of play action. What would concern me for Atlanta, as you look ahead to this matchup, uh, just based on what we saw week one, which I thought the defense uh, did some good things against Carolina. Obviously, Jesse Bates was incredible. They played a lot of man coverage. Yep. Didn't blitz much. Light boxes. That's not a good formula against everything I just described offensively. Um, I, I and, and ultimately, like it's not it's a scheme thing. I think it's going to be a talent thing, especially against a Green Bay offensive line that's very good. But mm-hmm. Matt Lafleur is in his back right now, and uh, t- th- this just feels like a matchup that favors Green Bay on that side of the ball. So. I'm in agreement with you. I think Jesse Bates is really special and people in Cincinnati yeah, knew it. He rules. And I think there's, I think there's a lot of people who wish he's still played there. Um, I will say this, Ryan Nielsen, the new DC in Atlanta is really good. And he really had them prepped. And I, I don't know if you saw any of the quotes from the last couple of days, but basically like, I mean, Bates kind of bullied Bryce Young and it seems like they, they kind of knew where he was going with the ball all the time. Just watch the plays, just watch the plays. Um, but what Bates basically said was that Young likes to throw the ball inside the hashes and that both of them were a two by two formation, very similar routes, <laughs> try to hit a dig in the middle of the middle of the field. And the coaches basically told Jesse Bates what was going to happen. And Bates with his own film study was able to, to, to stuff that out. But with love, like I think the offense was so varied. I don't think you're going to have that this week, where you're going to be able to just just sit on his routes or whatever. I think Lafleur is a. I I, I don't I wouldn't want to rank him. Mike McDaniel's a better play caller, but but Lafleur is certainly in that mix there. And now he gets to do again. Now that it's the quote unquote Matt Lafleur offense, but he just doesn't have to go through all the stuff. Like Rogers had told me, like especially at, at practice. He just wanted tempo on the plays. He didn't want motion. He just wanted to snap the ball quickly. I mean, there was just some, I wouldn't say creative conflict because I do think that they were able to find a happy medium. He did win MVPs under Matt LaFleur, but it's just a little bit different when you don't have to make sure that your quarterback likes everything. Um, and I think that's that's probably a, a, a big weight off of his shoulders, even if I, I do think that they enjoyed working together. Yeah, I think that's a fair uh, sort of appraisal of the situation. Um Desmond Ritter's got to push the ball downfield more than what oh we saw. God. That was that was a brutal watch, and I don't think it's all him. Um, I think some of it was the play calling, some of it was the pass protection, which was pretty sus. But Arthur Smith, this is not about fantasy football. If you draft a yeah. tight end and a wide receiver in the first round, back to back years, you're supposed to use them. <laughs> um, and I, I pumped up the Falcons offense as much as anyone this off season. But the concept of like positional football where everyone's blocking, everyone's running routes or whatever, you got to throw sometimes to the people running routes who do different things. Uh, it, it, it's just so utterly congested and very unpleasant to watch. The to process candidly. mistake, I'm always evaluating myself. The process mistake was that I was like, well, Desmond Ritter is not Marcus Mariota, so he'll be better. Am I sure about that? Am I sure about that? Um, I do think he's, I think Mariota was really bad last year. And I think, by the way, I think the Falcons are still going to win the division. Um, 
The one thing I'll say about the Smith thing, and you, you just brought it up, it, it is not at all fantasy football. And also, he said after the game, like, oh, you know, those guys don't care if they don't get targets. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah they, they do. Yeah, they care. Yeah, yeah, they do. And this is not specific to Atlanta, but the amount of guys I've talked to who are like, basically, like, most guys just want to know that they've done their job in a in a given game and and can start the process towards, like, the next contract like they're moving towards that right like that that's the way most people think and it's funny i don't want to bring up i can bring them up in the next segment but like when i was talking to rabel for a long time like his motivational technique is literally just like we're all human and you can like motivate guys by being like if you do this you will make money right that that's how these guys process things <laughs> and and like, even was like he was like he would tell guys like improve your conditioning you'll be on the play for more plays and then someone either us or that some other team will pay you money like that's literally just run this damn play okay and like that's it and so i'm not making a, a specific falcons point i'm just making the point that like at some point if you have talent and you don't utilize that it becomes yeah. a problem and nobody bill walsh bill belichick vince lombardi is a good enough coach to where if you've got these guys who are uber athletes who've performed at the college level who are high draft capital who want huge second contracts no one's gonna say you know what we won with desmond ritter i'm happy unless the falcons are like hey we're gonna reward you for uh for like what you what you could have done if you if you played in in a pass first offense yeah it, it just can't look like it did week one for me to feel good about this team moving forward. I do think like, you know, the Packers run defense, which was a major issue last year, it's a little bit better. Chicago's offense is such a problem. I, I actually kind of found it hard to assess like how, how much of this is real and their defense on both sides of the ball with green oh Bay. My God. I wouldn't be surprised if the Falcons come into this one and continue to try to run the ball at a really high rate. I just want to see something, man. Just want to see something. Uh, I do have the Packers. Um, Me too. Assume you as well. Okay, finally, let's let's do Chargers. Oh my God, Chargers Titans. So, uh, you want to just get all your Chargers thoughts yeah. off your chest? Yeah. You want to start that yeah. way? Brandon Staley, defensive guru. What is it you say you do here? A um, couple things here. I already went through the explosive plays. This by EPA was the worst defensive performance of the Staley era. Um, <sighs> this was, and by the way. Uh, Daniel Popper at the Athletic, our buddy, basically said that Staley vowed to improve explosive plays, and they were 31st in the league in explosive plays allowed. He didn't do it. Uh, Tua pressured on 14 of 45 pass attempts in single coverage. Tyree Kill six catches on 10 targets, 151 yards, two touchdowns. Overall, 8.2 yards per play allowed. Um, maybe most embarrassing Ryan Tannehill was trying to shut down reporters from asking him questions today about new Orleans. And he kept saying, I just want to move on to San Diego. <laughs> and he said it again. He said it again, but I just, again, I went through the, uh, the, how expensive the defense is third, most expensive defensive back in the NFL, most expensive linebacker unit talent all over the place. And it just seems like, Nobody's maximizing. Nobody's max, including. I mean, I, I, I just, I just feel like there's a bunch of of coaches, and like the rumor was always that Sean Payton wanted that job, and that would bring its own issues, right? But 
I would feel if the Spanos family paid market rate, I, I don't, I don't pr- pr- pretend to know what's going on with, with the coaching market there as far as money goes, but it seems to me that there's a whole bunch of people who would walk to Los Angeles to coach that level of talent, that quarterback talent, and to roll it, run it back with Brandon Staley, who long pause. Your, 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 your podcast is not feed has not gone out. Not a ton of people say in the league are like, damn, Brandon Staley's a good football coach. Not a ton of people say that. Okay. Not a lot of buzz for Brandon Staley. When you talk to people around the league that the water cooler people in other facilities, are not like, you know, who's a, a stud Brandon Staley. I will leave it at that. <laughs> Here's what I'll say about this game. Well, they're Brandon probably going to win Staley. this game. They're probably going to win this game, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> uh, if Brandon Staley's on the hot seat, I think he probably is. Ryan Tannehill is on the quarterback equivalent right now. My man is on washed watch. That Titans-Saints game, oh, woof, woof. That was very unpleasant watch. All the things that the, Dolph- or the, the Chargers struggled with against the Dolphins – don't think are going to be a problem in this one. Uh, a lot easier to play man coverage against this group, especially when the quarterback is just missing wide open dudes. I, I've really defended Tannehill a lot, and I, I, I actually feel like at a lot of points in his career, he's been pretty underrated. Mm-hmm. This he looks. Uh, he isn't doing the things he does well, like stand in the pocket and take pressure and and has a reasonably strong arm yeah. all of that he just looks looks rough and i think we're gonna i wouldn't be surprised i don't have the titan schedule in front of me if the levis willis i don't know what the hell is going on there with the quarterback at number two i don't know what the status is of levis's somebody. health but yeah somebody is gonna be taking this guy's job pretty soon so uh yeah so uh the aforementioned chart of time to pressure versus number of sacks taken. Ryan Tannehill gave him Ryan Tannehill's line gave him above average time. I'm not saying they looked like the Dallas Cowboys line out there, but it was above average time. If you look at it and he still took a bunch of sacks. Some of the throws he mentioned, there was that weird flea flicker. I don't even know you would call it motion. He just missed the guy. He had him by two steps. Chig. He was wide um, open. Yep, Tajay Spears. Uh, there was one where he he was open, could have had a touchdown on a wheel route, didn't happen. For wheel, him. yep, down the sideline. Uh, he missed two guys on wheel routes. I don't remember the other wheel routes. <laughs> so all, all, the, all the missed wheel routes, I'll just kind of pile up in my brain. Uh, I don't think he's got the athleticism he used to. I don't think he has the confidence he used to. And that's the one thing that people have said, and I've written this a bunch about how, how much quarterbacks around the league respected his play action game. Cause he would just fire in these, yeah. these blind throws that a lot of guys are just not comfortable making. Uh, the Titans reporters are basically saying Mike Vrabel was as annoyed as they've ever seen him today. Saw a couple tweets about that. Oh boy. Um, and that is really? a high bar. Ooh, that is buddy. a high <laughs> that, bar. That is an annoyed gentleman. Generally. That is one annoyed gentleman. And, uh, and so I don't know where they go on this, but I these are two teams right now. I just don't. I, I would prefer not to watch this game on Sunday. Well, okay, let me say that to my Chargers fans, if you're still here. 
I thought the offense looked good against Miami. I talked earlier about how uh, unbelievably efficient they were running the ball. This is, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we'll see again. The Titans' run defense is much better than the Dolphins' run. The Titans' run defense was the best in the NFL last year. Um, but the Chargers' run game was, and I've, I've said this a lot, as big of a problem last season as the lack of a downfield passing attack. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you heard the numbers earlier. They, it was an unbelievable day on the ground. And I think it wasn't just the, like a statistic, statistically that they were great, but um, mm-hmm. watching them, uh, it, they, the run game looked different. It was much more physical, downhill, a lot of man-blocking runs. A lot of Eckler and Kelly's big uh, runs came inside between the tackles. Um, it was mostly like in 11 personnel, Eckler had an 80% success rate. Kelly had a 90% success rate, which is wild. So they face the Titans defense that I think is much stouter against the run, but I suspect we'll deploy a pretty similar approach in just terms of let's put a put an umbrella on this. And I think they're going to have success again based on what we saw because um, it looked efficient. And that's, you know, like that, that would be the story of Dolphins Chargers if they hadn't choked, that the defense hadn't choked at the end. We'd be talking about how damn good Austin Eckler looked week one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be talking about those Miss Will routes in, 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 New, in New Orleans. <laughs> I'd be like, man, I don't really know. Those miss, you see the Titans game? Those Miss Wheel routes. Um, so. Yeah, I agree. Um, is it? Are we nearing blow it up territory for the Titans? Or are we past it? Should they have blown it up more than they did? They're not going to blow it up while Vrabel's there. I know. Here, let me pull up the schedule. Okay, hold on. Let's let's do the Ryan Tannehill thing right now because I do think this is going to be if the Chargers win and maybe the Titans will have success running the ball or whatever. Okay, okay, dude, you got the Browns defense next week, then the Bengals. So. That's and then you get the Colts, Ravens, Falcons. Mm-hmm. So Colts and the Ravens a little bit easier for a young quarterback. Feels like I could see week four or five them making a change at quarterback if Tannehill doesn't look better. It sound, I, I might if I was there very early in camp. It's possible Willis has an edge on Levis. So it looks like week. One when they both played, but then Levis got hurt and kind of. On the other hand, the Titans are just a weird franchise. They're very weird, very weird team. Hard to predict. I don't. I don't know what's. They're. They're. They're just like they're in no man's land. Um. You know, some of the young players look good. Skaronski. I didn't think the pass protection mm-hmm. was that bad. Okay. Culture team. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. And I have to say, speaking from experience recently, having tried it for the first time in Detroit, it is absolutely delicious. Right now, you can get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, 
happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Mina Show today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Mina Show, M-I-N-A-S-H-O-W. Before we get to the picks, this is going to be a real quick discussion. It was did look like one of the meteor games when I sent you the schedule a few days ago, Jets, Cowboys. Um, I think it's fun, like lost in the 40 to zero beatdown is we didn't really learn much about the Cowboys offense because you don't learn much in games like that when an offense is ahead. But now this offense is facing a Jets defense that um, is probably feeling themselves after <laughs> winning the game, but uh, obviously uh, is at a disadvantage quarterback wise. Um, did you did you feel like you came away with anything watching Dak Tony Pollard? Yeah, Lance. Like you know, I mean, the first I I watched I, the first it was quarter. Such a, a, in tribute to my my old boss and current buddy Bill Simmons, uh, broken axle game where just everything started going downhill and right. I almost couldn't glean from it. The only thing you can take from it on the defensive end is the Giants allowed <laughs> more pressures, thirty one than any team since uh in basically two years um and that's first of all dallas had the best pressure rate in the league last year and i think because of the sack totals of philadelphia we overlooked that but that 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 was number one was dallas and my prediction is dallas does it again and my prediction is dallas wins makes the super bowl um but that kind of game it just everything was just so disjointed and weird that I couldn't. And the field position was so weird yeah. and, and all that stuff. And you're looking at, at all the turnovers. I, I had a real tough time saying like, this is, this is what yeah. I learned about the, the Cowboys offense. It was like, a, it was honestly like, like a college game. It was like a college game where like, yeah. where, yeah, where right, like, like Florida state plays Southern miss. And like the coolest <laughs> thing is that Keon Coleman leapfrogged some guy, you know? Well, and it's I, like, I don't, I, I don't know what I learned about Jordan Travis. I think you in taking a page from the Bills, don't do that. Uh, the Jets' the offense is so good that you can't afford to f around, right? Like, you, yeah. I, I think um, I suspect it's going to be like a very efficient, conservative game plan offensively. Dak, the ball is going to cut the ball. He was actually throwing the ball really quick against New York as well. I think because they're the New York defensive line is no joke. Get the ball out quick. Uh, I'm gonna st- I'm gonna start a narrative that uh, Nate Hackett finally gets to run his offense <laughs> without Rodgers. Don't, don't get me started. Um, one thing I did kind of find interesting in the Bills game that sort of flew under the radio radar amidst the quarterbacks and all the everything and the Josh and uh, they were throwing at Sauce Gardner a lot. Mm. 
with some success. Mm. That's something to keep an eye on because teams just didn't throw at him right. last year. Um, I'll be very interested in seeing. I mean, with CD Lamb, you're always going to be attacking the middle of the field a fair amount, which yes. is, I think, a good generally a good game plan against New York. But that's just something to monitor if Dallas is willing to go at Gardner the way that Buffalo was. Uh, it is. It, 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 I, I cornerbacks when teams go at cornerbacks, it's actually one of my favorite things because you just get to check in on the reputation. Because you know, we always look at like the PFF data is always like uh, uh, coverage snaps per or whatever it is. How, how many times yeah. they throw to you per per snap? And it's like it's a, the, the great ones. It's always really, really high. And then when someone's like, yeah, we're going to go straight to them. That that's that's cinema. Pat Pete had a had a there were the, there was so obvious in the Niners game that they were going at Patrick Peterson at a certain point, And it becomes a little bit of a, you know, um, the kids you, watching Homer Simpson beat down. Part of it, so first of all, he's not as fast as he was, which I believe he's yeah. discussed. And if he hasn't discussed it, maybe he should. Um, but it's also because he, he went on a podcast and said they had a bunch of yeah. tests, right? Never, never say that. Never podcast that you shouldn't, don't do it. Be like Kyle. All right. Uh, now you're going to help me do my picks. Are you ready? I, I am. <laughs> This is this is not a branded segment. It is literally just me asking my guest every week to help me make my picks so that I can beat my family. What, Maybe that's what, what I should call it: beat here? my family. What? Like, what do you win? We like you it, know, Bill has million yeah, dollar picks. Do we just do like hundred uh, buck picks? We, my family. There's no money. Lenny just walked in. My family uh, has a plaque in the living room, and your name goes on the plaque, plaque if you picks. win. And uh, it's a big deal. We talk about it a lot. It's a big deal in my family. So, so it's just I, you, it's a f the four of you. It's the four of us me, Sunman, what, what Peter, percentage Isaac. Have, have you won? I think at this point, and I'm sure if they're listening, they'll correct me. I think we're, we've all won two or three times. It's pretty close. It's like that right now. NFC East. <laughs> Super competitive. Okay, Vikings at Eagles. Uh, uh, the Eagles are down both James Bradbury and Kenneth Gainwell. I am still taking Philadelphia. Thoughts? Thursday night. Yeah, Ooh. in Minnesota. Yeah. Ooh. yeah, six and a half. I know we're not doing spread, but I'm I'm actually looking at the spread. Um, Eagles win. Vikings cover. I know this that is not part good. of plaque picks, but I'm just I'm throwing that in there. <laughs> Picks is good. Uh, yeah, I I'll, I'll talk about the Vikings next week in depth. Um, a lot of a lot of problems with that defense. Uh, speaking of that game, Tampa, Chicago. Um, old old, uh, old NFC Central matchup here. I love it. I think um, last week was a reminder that Tampa's defense is still good, which people seem to have forgotten, even though they brought back like all their good players. Yes. Do you have a, is that leading I'm taking to Tampa. a Tampa pick? I'm okay. taking Tampa. Uh, Dude, Chicago. Ooh. I, all right. So the offense. So screens. one of my, uh, I can't watch I another screen. A, I did. A I, pod, I tapped out. Sorry. I'll stop. I did, I did a pod years ago. Um, people still talk to me about uh, every once in a while with the first year of the ringer. <laughs> With um no 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 it's because I, I I interviewed these guys who did an academic study on the most statistically like advantageous year to bet football and it's always week two 
And all we need to do is like the home dogs thing. All we need to do is just bet on the team teams that were zero and one going against a one and zero team in the second week of the season. Oof. Just, just hammer it over and over should and over I take again. Chicago? Um, no, you've already you didn't know about this academic study that I uncovered in 2016, so you don't get to you don't get to, to, to enjoy it. Um, I'm going to pick the Bears only because they have a little more talent than they showed. It sounds like Chase Claypool. They're looking at all options to maybe bench him or something. He does not feel like he wants to do anything on a football field anymore. Um, no, so that was that was a rough one. I'm a big addition by subtraction guy after after a week one. So let's ride with the Bears. Down. Okay, so we're we're both on uh, Green Bay over Atlanta in Atlanta. This is probably the hardest game of the week, in my opinion, to pick Colts at Texans. Two rookie quarterbacks. Colts are favored by one. Um, I think you know people saw that they gave the Jags a hard time, but I'll, I'll say this, Kevin. I was really impressed by the Texans defense. Mm. Uh, like I think they're they're going to be pretty good. There are I feel like they're ahead of schedule. I think the defensive line looks. You mentioned Grenard Anderson looked amazing. Will Anderson looked awesome. He looked awesome. They're flying around the field. They're not quite you know San Francisco, but you feel like the D'Amico Ryan's effect is real. So I'm going to take Houston. Take Houston because of their defense. Uh, I on the ESPN schedule it tells you how low tickets are and uh tickets for this game start at 19 bucks so pack them in there in houston houston's gonna win this game detroit is favored by five and a half visiting seattle the seahawks are missing both of their starting tackles which is why i shall be picking the detroit lions oh also the seahawks defense (laughs) that's just just grim grim homerism right what's not homerism it's detroit detroit starts two and oh uh, okay, we already did the Chargers over the Titans. We got the Bengals over the Ravens. That one I could I could see being wrong. Uh, okay, uh, Vegas at Buffalo. Buffalo's favored by nine and a half. Come on, like there's no way Buffalo. I feel like this will be the the start of a Josh Allen returns to normal streak that'll last for about six games. Can I bring up here that I am out of Mike Ryan's? Um, oh yeah, we uh, haven't talked about this. So, well, no, so it's because we're, I we're in a survivor Denver league. over. We're in yes. a survivor. I what, what, no, we're no longer in a survivor league because I'm no, out. You're not. Um, I believe I believe I was out in week one last year too because I get I just hate certain teams. Not not like from a bias standpoint. I just think some teams are just god awful, and I just pick against them no matter who. Well, so I thought Sean Payton was going to immediately improve the Broncos, and I thought Vegas was going to be a complete tire fire. Turns out. The Broncos are still a tire. Did you see Russ's average depth of target on Sunday? It was like no. four. Like Sean, you know who hates Sean at uh, Russell Wilson? Sean Payton. Um, which I think we there was like there's been this nice little journey of like, hey, he probably hates him. Then it's like, I ah, I think he likes him. And now it's like, no, he d- doesn't trust him at all. Anyway, uh, I picked the Broncos over Vegas. I was wrong. I'm out. Mike Ryan has my fifty dollars. I picked the Jags, which was a little bit of a ride, a little close. This week, I think I'm on the... We'll, we'll get to them. Um, Ooh. Yeah. Uh, last year, I picked against the Seahawks week one as an emotional hedge and then had a victorious chug when Seattle beat Denver week one. I remember so, that. Were you doing the chug? Yeah. I haven't sent a chug in. Uh, I think you got to do a chug. I don't know what I'll chug this year. Maybe milk? That's I had to disgusting. Venmo Mike a bunch of money today because I bought his Ooh. Miami Temple tickets because he needs to uh, stay in Miami to watch a highlight match. 
So it's the most Mike Ryan sentence ever. If anybody ever wants to know what uh, what being friends with Mike Ryan is like, I just described it. We're both on the Chiefs over the Jags. as as impressed as I was by Matthew Stafford, I am. I think we can agree the Niners over the Rams. They're favored by eight. Wow. Uh, just that yeah. that Rams defense. The Niners are just gonna just buzz saw through. I I did I did love the I'm we're still here comeback last week though. I know you hated it, but I'm just saying uh, I like those I, guys. I hated it, but uh, Matthew Stafford. Is I mean I, that dude is still. No, people were telling me that all summer. Like uh, our friend Seth Wickersham was like, "Dude, I was just at Rams practice. Matthew Stafford looks amazing." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Well, I should have listened. He never. Uh, left. Okay, this is my survivor pick. I'm going to take the Giants over Arizona this week. Little strategy, just because uh, you know you want to pick the mid teams right now. And so, hey, can I ask you a question? Uh, they just lost by 40 points and they're on the road. <laughs> I don't care. Okay. Josh Dobbs. Okay. Josh Dobbs. I'm just throwing out that the team has had the most. I want a last dance about Josh Dobbs. Talk about the most interesting NFL career of any non-famous guy. Just getting called in. Josh Dobbs next week or Zach Wilson? Who you take? Josh Dobbs. I, I believe I already told you that over text. I think I think Zach Wilson is the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. Uh, well, second coming up, he's about to play the Dallas Cowboys, who are favored by nine. I think we're both on the Cowboys there. Yes. Uh, ooh, this is a tough one. Denver at Washington. No, pardon me. Washington at Denver. Denver is favored by only three and a half at home, so it's basically a pick em. Ooh. Denver. <sighs> yeah, I think Denver. I'm going to do Denver, too. Although, man, that Washington defensive line is so good. There's, I think the Washington defense is really good. I'm going to take Washington. Changing my mind. Okay. I know you guys, I know Sam Howell is going to take a lot of sacks, but I don't care. I, I love the Washington defense so much. And that altitude, okay. holding the ball on for that long, and that don't altitude, care. it's over. Dude, Russell Wilson, that's Sam Howell. You're looking at your future. Yeah, I was about to say that. I was about to say that. Just like uh, weird, weirdly, like stands back there with with not enough athleticism to do it. Okay, Miami at Patriots. We both picked the Dolphins. Yeah. Uh, Saints are uh, at. Wait, Carolina, can I? Can favorite. I? Can I? Can, I'm going to say something real quick. The Patriots are going to go up like fourteen nothing. I know. And and in that game, and Collins is going to do it. You think Bill Belichick's not savoring this? He's going to do that. <laughs> oh, it's Sunday night. I'm excited for that game. Yeah, uh okay, Monday night's a doubleheader. Saints at Panthers. I think I think I've got our guy Dan Orlowski's on that one. On um, Panthers? I think so. Yeah. Uh yeah, he is. I'm gonna make the Saints. Uh Saints. I don't think neither of these teams impressed me a great deal week one, but I think the Saints are just a better football team. Um although the pass protection did not look great. And Carolina's pass rush did look pretty nice week one. So there's that factor. Uh, but JC Horns her, you know, it's, I don't know. Uh, the second game, the it's, final it's game of the week is the Browns at Pittsburgh. The Browns are favored after their beatdown of Cincinnati. What do you think? Cam Hayward's out. It's friend of the pod. Bad news. Coworker. Yeah. Also coworker. Um, I think the Browns will be able to run the ball on Pittsburgh, and I think the Browns' defense 
as I discussed earlier, slaps. So I'm going to take Cleveland. So Shilkapadia says in the Matt Canada recently, did you see it? Mm-mm. I'm going to read it to you. The Steelers offense has gone under Matt Canada 36 straight games without gaining 400 yards of offense. There have been 269 instances since 2021 where an offense has gained at least 400 yards in a game. Zero of those have been the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's got to be on the hot seat, right? When I wrote that Pickens piece, I, I actually liked enjoy talking to him. But uh, I wrote that Pickens piece, and he was talking about the route tree that he wants Pickens to have. And so most people were like, hey, George Pickens, funny guy, good good receiver. And there was a segment that was just screen grabbing Matt Canada saying he wants George Pickens to run more slants. And I delved into that world, like the anti-Matt Canada oh, Steelers yeah. Twitter. And it, is, it is the heart of darkness, man. It's brutal. Yeah. I think they're also missing Deontay Johnson. They are. But they got Pickens. Uh, yeah, I know. I might actually, I might start him. I might start him. I do have him on my teams. Um, I am picking the Pittsburgh Steelers. Wow. Yeah. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Feels like the Browns could be due for a come down after you know the. But I just, man, I'm really it's like a thirteen this. to seven type of deal. Yeah, yeah, that would make that. I could see that. I could see like a Watts, some Watson turnovers. You know. Um. <laughs> uh. Thank you so much for everyone who left ratings and reviews. I read them all. They warmed my heart. I will be announcing the winners of the hat contest next week. Thank Wait, we're doing, a con- I, we're doing a contest? You can you can enter if you leave a review. Uh, what, am I, what, what contest am I going to do on This Is Football? Like, well, you got to have merch like me. Reviews. I have all these hats. No, I don't have that many left. Out, it's limited edition random football that says Quebec on it that I bought at a rest stop in Montreal years ago. Do you have a Minicom show hat? It's a very hot item. I have a... Oh, yeah, I give yeah, you I one, yeah. I give yeah. one, I think, yeah. All right, I well, I will announce that have a mug? next week. What's up? Do I have a mug? Did you make mugs? I haven't made mugs. That could be next. Okay. Should I do I more merch? football mug. Leave me reviews uh, if you want more merch. It sounds like the people, the people are asking for it. <laughs> uh, well, the people should also be downloading, subscribing, rating, and review your new podcast. This is football. Go check it out. That was Kevin Clark. I promise I won't do that every time, but you were excellent. No. Thank Dan, you so Dan much. Marino, Dan Marino, <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick, Debo Samuel on this week. Dominic Foxworth gets mad when I cite people and calls it name dropping, but it's just the guests. I'm sorry, and, Dominic. And, and none of them compared to my guests this week, which was you. Thank you for joining us. As always, you guys can check out the pod on YouTube. See you on Tuesday. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.